I love it. It's so true, though, isn't it? It's absolutely true. Hey, guys, thanks for showing up today and hanging out with us. Everyone's in here looking good and socially distanced today. Hey, everybody online, uh, glad that you joined us. Um, if you would, take a second before we get too far into this. Maybe like and share the live stream on Facebook to help us get the word out there. We appreciate you guys doing that. So we've got a lovely panel here today. Well, almost completely lovely. Two, two beautiful ladies and a pastor, Jeremy. So it'll, we'll have, nah, you're a good looking dude. Um, I know. <laughs> so we're going to uh, attempt to do our best to, to answer all the questions that come in today um, and have some fun while we're doing it. Because you can have fun in church, right? Yes. So all these questions don't have to be serious, but we, we do appreciate the serious ones that come in. Uh, and, of course, we have our wonderful moderator over there, Sharina. She's going to be reading the questions as they come in. We should already have some uh, in there. We had some come in over the weekend because we put out an ad in the community uh, on social media, and we saw some response to that. So we're going to answer some com some questions from the community today. Maybe some of you guys snuck some of those in. But um, now is the time, though, to kick off the question. So, uh, media team, if you will, let's put the the Slido slide up there. What you're going to do is you're going to go to slido.com on your phone or your tablets. It's okay to do that. Uh, and you're going to put in the code 44355. You guys at home, uh, you can go ahead and do that if you got a secondary device or you can like pop over and, and drop in your questions anytime you want to. Slido.com 44355. They should have that info up on the live stream. If you guys would, uh, keep that up there for just a little bit, and uh, maybe periodically put it up there. If you put it on the lower third, I guess, keep it up there for everyone to see what's going on. And uh, you guys, feel free to drop any questions that you have now or at any time during this. We need your questions, though, because without them, this is going to be a very short service, <laughs> okay, uh, which might work to your favor, but we, we want to have some fun today, all right? So if everybody will um, say... Yes, if you want to have some fun today. Yes. All right, we're going to do that. So, Miss Moderator, kick us off with the first question, and we will get rolling today. Okay. So, the first question is, is interracial marriage okay according to the Bible? Just rip the Band-Aid off. Just rip the Band-Aid off straight out the gate. <laughs> is interracial marriage okay according to the Bible? Y'all want to take a stab at that? Anybody? Yeah, I, I can jump on it. Okay, so there is a lot of misconception about this because you read in the Old Testament where it says, don't go to this nation and this nation. It wasn't that it had to do that they were a different nation. It was that those other nations worshipped false gods. And what would happen is they would bring those false gods back into the godly nation and they would take over and end up consuming. So it didn't have to do with like, oh, you're from a different country. We can't do this. It has more to do with the beliefs of the people and walk in that foundation with God. And it's really hard for two people of two different religions to maintain a healthy relationship because you'll yes. find that that will butt heads <clears throat> later on. So it's more yeah. about who are they a godly person? Or are they not a godly person? Well, and as that translates to that's funny when that question came in, you can't tell we're in the deep South, can you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love questions like that. Though. Jesus pretty much took care of all of that. Mm -hmm. Even if you want to argue Old Testament separation and all that, Jesus took care of all of that. Paul even pointed to it um, where he, he was quoted and he said that, um, you know, in Christ there is 
no Jew or Gentile. There is no slave or free. There is no male or female. We are all one in Christ. We're all one in Christ. So there's no Jew or Gentile. Hey, that's racial barriers destroyed right there. If we didn't say anything else, I think that would be enough to take care of it. In the eyes of, of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, there, there's no delineation, you know. Um, color-wise, we're all one in the eyes of God. So is interracial marriage okay according to the Bible? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a small-minded, prejudicial fool who would operate in, in a world that thinks that interracial marriage would not be okay. We're all children of God. Amen? Amen. All right. Anybody want to add anything on that? I say fool in love, by the way. <laughs> yes. No, you guys said everything. Perfectly. Yeah. No, they said everything perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you would, you would pretty much say that, like, the, the scripture going back with being unequally yoked is what, essentially what it boils down to. Yeah. Is, okay. Yeah, the question would be being unequally yoked there. Yeah. yeah. Specifically with an unbeliever. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so our next question is, what does the Bible say about people who have wronged you? Should you seek revenge? Should we seek revenge? Yeah. Boy, that'd be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Load up like Leah Neeson and go after them, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, who wants to answer that one? Um, I'll take this one. Sure. I mean, the, the, it's a pretty simple, simple, sorry. You, you sound like you're in a symphony hall. You ready I, I to do. Sing? You got singing I do. Come on. I got to sing it. That's what I'm saying. You Serena's don't take revenge. Over there, so mm. Y'all could be a good duo Come on. Y'all sing along with me. <laughs> don't take revenge. Yeah. So um, the Bible is really clear about this. It, uh, we're, you know, Paul talks about turning the other cheek. We talk about, uh, you know, specifically being wronged and, and the, the Bible is crystal clear. Don't take revenge. Now, again, there is, when you go back to like Old Testament and stuff like that, you know, they the Bible talks about eye for an eye and and stuff yeah, like that. Up gangster back then. Yeah, they yeah. Again, Jesus came and fulfilled all of that. So we're we're called to be people of love and people of forgiveness. And as a matter of fact, you know, I honestly think that you have a hard time reconciling. Uh, forgiving someone if you're trying to seek revenge and that that's one of the things that honestly it, it's a big hook that the enemy has <clears throat> in our culture now is because we are so quick to uh, to call people out we're so quick to get up on a pedestal and and protect ourselves and and a lot of the times if you think about this stuff it's it's uh, we take we take action against something that inconvenienced us. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's pretty clear. Um, I'm really thankful that Jesus did not take revenge yeah. on, on people. and Because yeah, that would have been pretty crazy. So, yeah, short answer, no. You, uh, you forgive people. You, you uh, show them that you can turn the other cheek. You show them grace. You show them mercy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's a line there, too. Um, 
with going after revenge and then self-defense. Right. You know, I think you could, you can make a case that it's pretty clear. There's nothing wrong with defending yourself. Right. In a moment or in a discussion with someone or someone's trying to do harm to your family. Um, I, th I think you're on good ground to defend your family, but the Bible's pretty clear. Vengeance is the Lord's. Let him have it. Yep. Let him operate in his justice. And, um, and don't get mad if he extends to a person the same grace that he extended to you oh. when you were a knucklehead. Come on, will you say that again? You know what I mean? Will you just say that again? That, yeah. and that's, that's a hard pill to squash. Squash, squash them. Stomp them. Yeah. Turn them into dust. Right. You know what they did to me? <laughs> yeah, and I still died for them too. So yeah. That's, sometimes that's a tough one. True. Yeah. I mean, over and over again, doesn't the Bible say, like, God's, like, revenge is mine? I'm trying real I hard mean, to hear you, but I can't. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, all throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, because it was a, uh, it's like in Romans, <clears throat> excuse me, Romans 12, when, when we're being reminded, hey, revenge is mine, says the Lord. <laughs> he said, I will pay them back. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Jesus. And vengeance is not a burden you want to bear. Yeah. Forgiveness is what God commands, and that's hard and that's difficult. But the good thing about forgiveness is it's supernatural. So God will help you forgive if you ask. Forgiveness is your burden to bear, not vengeance. Yeah. Well, that's so funny and easy to say up here, too. It's so it different is. When yeah, it too, is. You know? yeah. Just applying that word to a whole different ball game. Right. It really is. What else you got there, moderator? All sure. right. So, all right. This next question is, I want to be the spiritual head of my house and marriage. I just don't know how, and honestly, I'm afraid I'll screw it up. I have no idea what I'm doing. Help. Wow. Yeah. That is a good one. Wow. That, that probably echoes the thoughts of a whole lot of men yes. in church. Wow. You want to take a stab? I'll take you a mean? stab. Yeah, I'll take a stab. Um, you know, for here's the deal. I'm going to be a little bit honest with me. That was, that was kind of my fear going into marriage and, and even like parenting and, and stuff like that. What if I, I screw this up? What if my kids need counseling forever? What if my wife <laughs> needs counseling? You know, what if, what if we end up as a statistic? And um, the biggest thing is, is, is you have the Holy Spirit and, and God has set the house up to, to be like that, to have you lead your family and to have you step in and to, to be that. And, and uh, you know, you just got to kind of give it to him is, is one of the first things that, that I did is give it to him and, and start being led by the spirit and start learning how to uh, how to be the husband that God's called you to be. A lot of, a lot of stuff in marriage will be ironed out if you work on yourself. Um, a lot of the times in, in marriage, we're like, well, I got to do this for, uh, to her. I got to help her change, or I got to do this. And, and we fail to really turn the mirror back on ourselves. And uh, I've found that most of uh, the time, anytime we've had problems in our marriage or I've had problems stepping up as a husband, um, the problem was within me. 
and it was not within us. It was not within, uh, you know, we were just having problems. It was in within me. And so that's one of the things that, uh, you know, God will equip you to do what he's called you to do. And uh, we have his word. We have his example. Um, one of my favorite things is to, to uh, the, the way that God talks about marriage and Christ talks about marriage is, is Christ and the church, you know. And, and uh, when you look at that relationship, um, there was a lot that that covers. There's a, there's a whole lot, and I'm not going to get into it because I'll, I'll talk forever, but that's what I try to think of is, is, okay, is this honoring her? Is this honoring God? Is this, is this honoring me? Is it growing me um, closer? And that's one of the, the biggest things that, that's helped me as a man. And, of course, there's, there's all kinds of books. There's all kinds of programs. You know, you can, you can surround yourself by examples and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, you have to be willing to look at yourself and say, hey, I need to change something. And you got to be open for the Holy Spirit to, to tell you that. That's sometimes that's hard. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, uh, you don't want to take the blame for stuff. And, and uh, that's a, a great first step is just surrendering that and being open for the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to you and, and lead through you because that's ultimately what you're doing. You're wanting to grow them closer to God and closer to each other. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Being led by the Holy Spirit, that's... That's important, man. I, I remember like when, when Kelly and I first got married, I was so intimidated by that head of the household, spiritual head of the home kind of thing. I'm like, how do I do that? You know, I think a lot of guys feel that way because uh, I don't know how it works. Maybe in your world you didn't have that role model. You know, maybe in your world your dad wasn't. Maybe he was like the 180-degree opposite of that, you know, and, and that's what you had to look to uh, growing up. And um, I think, you know, you remember like the first time you played a sport, first time you played baseball or football, like with baseball, first time I played baseball, I was horrible my first time up at bat. I had to learn the mechanics, the foot position, the whole step timing, all that jazz, you know, keep your eye on the ball. And I struck out, I don't know how many times before I finally made contact with the ball. Um, give yourself room to mess up some. That's good. Give yourself permission to grow into that role. Give yourself permission to ask questions. And one of the things I'll just add to what Pastor Jeremy said was, um, would be, hey, you got a church family that loves you. And if you're watching online and if that's you and you sent that question in, listen, there's a church here that loves you. And yeah. we love, I'd love to do everything that I can to help set you up for success in being the head of your house. I think pride is a big thing that stands in the way of a lot of men when it comes to operating in that because we'd rather try to fix it, figure it out, and then if we screw it up, we screw it up. But the last thing we ever want to do is ask for help in a situation like that. Hey, listen, yeah, God surrounded you with a lot of people for the purpose of helping you. He gave you a church family for the purpose of helping you. Um, I would love to set up some time. If you're uncomfortable stepping in the, into that role or operating that way and it's still uncomfortable for you, I'd love to hang out with you, drink some coffee or, or eat some meat True. or something yeah. like that and just talk life, talk shop and, uh, <laughs> and, and just uh, you know, figure out what the next step's going to be for you. 
as you grow into that role, man. Just take all the pressure off and say, you know what, I might miss some stuff, but eventually I'm going to get traction yeah. and I'll grow into that. Because I'm telling you, that's how I did it. Yeah. Uh, I messed up on a lot of stuff and I learned, and but I got into the Bible. I surrounded myself with people that had already been down the road that I had just started going down. And they were able to give me a lot of advice and help along the way. So uh, you can be the spiritual head of your home. Mm-hmm. Listen, you need to be, men. You need to be. Yeah. You need to be. Listen, families need men to step up into the role of leadership in their homes. We need that. And by the way, you're going to get held accountable for it, whether you do it or don't, biblically. So it's probably best to step up and learn that because you don't want to be on the other side of eternity having to give an account for something that you were afraid to step into. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got a church body who's here to help and uh pastor that loves you wants to help so don't let that intimidate you just dive on into it i just want to add that from a female perspective too one of the things that is most attractive about my husband is his role in that and being the head of the house the godly Mm. head of the house and that um and when we were married we were both christians i was a very strong-willed young lady and i butted heads a lot because it was hard for me to to fit under that and to have to submit to that But, and it took me a minute to get to that where it was like, okay, yes, yes. So it may take a minute for your spouse to fit into that role. I would never, not for one moment, ever have switched roles with him or changed that he was that, you know. And I lived in a family where my father was the head of the house, but not always the spiritual head of the house. And I watched as that changed over the years. And it was a slow process. And I know for him it was awkward at first. But I'm just telling you, for the women, we love that in a man. So... It's a good step. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I believe that unless you're using the satanic Bible and you're telling Jesus to sit down and shut up, that you're not going to screw it up because you're trying to grow your family. You're trying to grow yourself um, and seek him and be closer with him. Uh, but I'll also tell you, expect it to be awkward. You know, like they've mentioned, it's, it's going to be awkward at first, especially if you have children in the mix and they have different personalities and all that. It's going to be awkward and you're learning what works for your family family. Uh, Maybe it's more of a discussion. Maybe you actually sit down and and plan things out. I like to do that. That's me. Uh, But what works for your family and to grow you closer together and grow you closer to God. So don't give up. Keep doing it and it'll it'll turn into great things. Hey, I have one more thing to to add very quickly. Um, I want to encourage you to, first of all, these are all awesome questions. I cheated and looked at them. Um, But uh, this question in particular, as I was preparing and just kind of preparing best I could for this week, I'm a part of a dad group on Facebook and a husband group, and it's, it's for Christians. And I know different forms of this question was asked so many times this week and and I think that that start that kind of starts at that hunger and that that passion and that 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 recognition that you are wanting to do this and so kudos be encouraged and yeah just keep going for sure so this next question is a great piggyback to the previous question So this one is, how do you overcome a toxic relationship without it causing you to be bitter? (laughs) 
Overcoming a toxic <laughs> relationship without becoming bitter. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. It's a good question. Toxic relationship. Show of hands. Anybody ever been in a toxic relationship before? <laughs> Maybe y'all should come up here and answer this one. What worked for you, right? Um, wow. There's so many things that would come to mind for me. Um, overcoming a toxic relationship. Golly, the enemy does so much through that avenue to destroy your confidence, um, to destroy how you see yourself as a child of God. Toxic relationships, you, often you bring in verbal, emotional, or physical abuse into the situation. So many, uh, so many avenues of damage that can come into play through that. Um, the control, the manipulation, that's just the... It, it exhausts you from the inside out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that you really feel the total impact of those relationships until you're on the other side of them. Because now you've got to put the pieces back together. Uh, now you've got to discover, I can't trust this person now like I should because I lost all my trust to this toxic relationship before. And I can't give all of my heart to this next person even if I know they're the one I'm supposed to be married to because I still haven't got that part of my heart back from it being destroyed in the previous relationships. Um, So I don't know that there's any one and done kind of answer to this. I will tell you what's worked for me personally and then you can apply that how you want to um, in, in your own walk with God and toxic relationships whether dating or in a marriage situation, or just uh, a friendship in general. Um, first thing you've got to do, and this is going to sound so churchy, the first thing you've got to do is to forgive that person. Okay, Until you forgive that person, no healing can take place. Okay, Because that poison is still going to be in you spiritually. Right. Unforgiveness will kill. Listen, unforgiveness will hinder your prayers. Even if it's a legitimate offense where you were damaged, you still need to forgive that person. Okay? Even if it's a legitimate offense, you've got to forgive them. It'll hinder your prayers. It'll destroy your walk with God. It'll leave you carved out of the body of Christ over on the side of the field waiting for the lion to come and devour you. Um, and eventually... Unforgiveness is one of the few things listed in Scripture by Jesus that will keep you from going to heaven and will send you to hell. Okay, so there's a big price tag to that. So uh, step one, forgiveness. You've got to find a way to forgive them. And that sometimes comes a little bit at a time, over time. And sometimes it can come in a big moment. So how do you forgive? One, I would advise you to get yourself into the presence of God as much as possible okay why because in the presence of god that's where he does his work that's where he heals restores and he'll whisper to you and put his finger on a b c and d and then he'll start to do his work in those areas of your life does that make sense okay i'm trying to keep it practical and not too churchy um because this stuff works you got to get in the presence of god and allow him to heal and restore all right forgiveness and allowing time for God to restore you. Listen, you're not going to be able to piece yourself back together on the other side of a toxic relationship. Now, you can put on a game face, and you can give it your best effort, but only God is going to be able to repair that stuff that's been damaged on the inside. 
So, forgiveness, um, time in the presence of God, and then, what would you guys add to that? Anything? Just, Anything it's, I'm a, forgetting? it's a process. It's, it's going to take a minute, yeah. you know, and... Yeah. And you may not always be successful in every, you know, you may have those moments and, you know, don't beat yourself up and feel like a failure. It's going to be a process. You know, you're saying it's toxic. That means it was, you know, really bad. It did damage to you. You know, when you put, if you think about it from a food perspective, when you put all this unhealthy food in your body, you don't just suddenly stop, start eating right. And then your body's instantly, it's a process of getting your body back to being healthy. So it's going to be a process. It's going to take a minute. But when you remove something from your life, you got to put something back in. So we take the bad out you got to put God back in there so just begin to fill all those spaces all those voids you know with God and like Josh said being in his presence and I think your message a couple weeks ago in more depth kind of answers this question as well so whoever wrote that if you didn't get to hear that message I'd say go back to two weeks ago and listen to that message it was really good and you'll get he kind of you know touched on that but more in depth on that topic as well yeah I just want to camp out on this all day now The, the the temptation is to where that damage is a new identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. And I am now this because this has happened to me. And the Bible says something very differently about who we are as uh, children of God. Um, I think the temptation to wear that as an identity, you know, I'm just a victim or I'm this or I'll never be able to, to love the way that I loved before, you know, or um, I'm just never going to be able to trust someone because of this that happened. And I'm telling you, we serve a God that can heal and restore absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so not to repeat myself too much, but yeah, I mean, the temptations there's aware that is some kind of warped award or medal you know, to, to own that as an identity. And man, that, that's definitely not going to get you anywhere. I would also add to surround yourself with people that will genuinely pray for you, that they see that you're hurting, see that you're broken, and not try to change that, not try to keep throwing it back into your face, but genuinely pray for you to be healed and to be better. Um, Surround yourself with better relationships, not toxicity in your life. I'm not saying jump from one relationship into the next, but surround yourself with people. We don't do this alone that will genuinely pray for you and keep you held accountable for for that forgiveness that you're not wanting to seek vengeance against them forgiveness is your burden to bear but it's also god's burden you can't do that alone it's not something you can do alone it's supernatural so surround yourself with those people that will help you pray and press through amen amen yeah 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 all right no and to buy into the lie, I don't sit on this all day long, I'm telling you, and to buy into the lie that somehow you deserved what happened yeah. to you, oh, yeah. God Almighty, that's another lie that the enemy tells, you know, that's why you got to be solid in who the Bible says you are, yeah. and don't pay attention to that kind of nonsense, man. You know, the Bible says you're a child of the Most High God, mm-hmm. that you're above only and not beneath, that you are the head and not the tail, okay? Isn't that great? You can look at the person next to you and say, hey, you're not a tail head and not the tail and you've got value you've got value you don't have to put up with that junk so sorry yeah, i'll be quiet I, all day long <laughs> all day long no you're good um so i have a question to kind of tag along after this next one so the question is my boyfriend is getting controlling like he tries to get me to change outfits if he doesn't like it mad if i go out with my friends stuff like that advice 
And then my question on the end of that wow. is see last answers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll kind of hop into this one a little bit. Um, it, <laughs> I'm not saying people can't change. And so let's go ahead and just lay that foundation. I, I feel like I got to throw that out there. But um, a controlling uh, boyfriend, controlling girlfriend, it's probably going to make a pretty controlling wife, husband. Um, and here's something I learned uh, after I got married that I wish I would have learned uh, before I got married. Uh, yeah, Rachel's perfect. Um, but here's, here's the deal. When you're in a dating relationship, you can get out of it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. You can run away. Um, <laughs> you can find you somebody because I can guarantee you that they are not the last person. And it does not matter how much you love them, how much you, how much, how many memories you have with them. However, once you're married, you got to start working on that differently and you can have a very hard time if you get married and then they decide that they don't want to change or they're not willing to change um and i mean i guess that could be said of anything but especially with this like if they're trying to control you you still have control um and i would what I would suggest doing is taking a very deep dive into your heart and into God's presence and ask if this is even a relationship that he wants for you. Um, a lot of relationship problems with dating and even friendships, uh, they can they can disappear just by getting in the presence of God and asking what he wants because he'll tell you. Um, he'll, he'll be open with you, but, but if... If let me let me put it like this, if you're in that dating stage and you love them and you don't want to leave and this and it's the hardest thing you're ever going to have to do, but you're already noticing this, then that should be almost an answer to this question for you. Dude, red light, red, <laughs> red light, light, red light, red run light. away, run away. You want me to change what? No. Yeah, no. You know how much I pay for this? No, no boo boo. Let me read you some scripture real fast. Yes. Just a little bit of light on the subject. Uh, Ephesians 5, uh, just starting around verse 22, says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. It says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, okay? Mm. Uh, it does not say women, submit yourself to men, mm. okay? Difference there, difference. Listen now, in the eyes of God, listen, uh, no Jew, Gentile, no slave or free, no male or female, we're all what in Christ? One in Christ. So Jesus sees us all the same. Listen, um, in a dating relationship, they do not have the right to step into that position of authority. Amen. Yeah. They don't have the right. If they want that right, and if he likes it, he should put a ring on it, stand up there, take the vows, make the covenant before God, and, and marry you, or vice versa, and then you've got the right. Once you've made the commitment, then you have the right to step into that role. 
spiritually in someone's life. Uh, I think that gets confused a lot, especially in church settings where people are dating because couples want to emulate what a marriage is supposed to look like. And no, 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 no. They don't have that right till they make that commitment. Uh, I would get out of that relationship yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I would give one ultimatum and say, look, you're cool. I like you. This has got to stop. You're not my daddy, and you're definitely not my husband. So we need some parameters here, and you need to back off. And if he doesn't, cut that, hit the road. Because there's somebody better down the road that will take care of you. Yes. There's a man of God out there that will treat you like you should be treated. Mm-hmm. And Truth. vice versa. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> All right. All right, so this next question. Recently broke up with a girl. Problem is, we both serve at church. Basically see her every week. Thinking about going to a new church to start fresh. Thoughts? (laughs) I got a few. (laughs) If I'd only seen that happen a thousand times before. Uh, Um, Wow. Because when they start dating, God's ordained it. God has ordained it. We know we're supposed to be together. We know. So you're serving in ministry probably before you start dating. You get in this relationship and you continue serving, but then you break up and now God's changing everybody's calling and his plans for everybody's lives. And he's saying, okay, somebody's going to have to go and leave. Um, No, 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 no. Let me, uh, breaking up with someone and it being awkward is not a reason to leave a church. That is an immature response to life. Uh, You don't leave the church. You don't leave the church over that. Unless God's legitimately calling you to a different place. I doubt, though, he's going to send you somewhere because you broke up with someone and now it's inconvenient to be around them every week. Perhaps y'all should have had that conversation at the beginning of your relationship and defined some parameters and said, hey, look, let's let this friendship go further. Let's test the waters and see what the Lord says to us at each step in our relationship because you have a calling on your life and I have a calling on my life and neither one of them need to be disrupted or destroyed for the sake of one another, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, so if this doesn't work out, we're still going to love the same God, we're still going to be cool with each other, and we're still going to serve and do what God has called us to do. That happens at the beginning of the relationship. You don't figure that out at the end of it. The problem is... We like to dive in with emotions, unbridled emotions, because they're so cute and they're so hot. And she looks such a certain way while she's shaking that thing, walking across the room. You know what I mean? I just got it, 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 got it. That is not the reason, man. You better pray through that stuff. Better pray through that stuff. A better question would be at the end of this, how can we protect ourselves from Satan? interfering in the rest of our lives yeah. on the tail end of this because yeah. that's usually what happens i just i i yeah. anybody else nope i think not a oh, reason oh, to oh, leave Rachel. never Rachel. ever ever we know it's very awkward when you break up with somebody it hurts it's awkward whatever your friends are like i can't believe this person did that vice versa it's a whole thing but 
your tie to your relationship with Jesus is much stronger and much more important than your tie to individual yeah. people. So, um, again, I know it's awkward, been there, done that, but you just have to think about your relationship with God. Is, is my relationship with him more important than my breakup with this person? Again, I know that's easy to say. Yeah, it's easy. easy to it's say easy when you're to not, say. not just on the tail end of a breakup. I get it. Um, but I tell you what, biblical truth always applies no matter what the situation. Mm-hmm. Every time. So. Truth. What else you got? Okay. That's a good question, that by the way. That is a good question. That is a huge problem. Yeah. All right. So this next question is going to be... A little sensitive, okay. So, I mean, we're all adults here, right? Mostly. Do Do I have have your permission? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Okay. This question is: I try being intimate with my wife, but she's almost never in the mood. It's frustrating. In a situation like that, is using pornography okay? Is that cheating on her? Wow. Good question. These are really good questions. Yeah. That is another common issue that I see I, all the I time. Can I start it off yeah. and then let you dig into the, I'm go not going to dig it. into the pornography side. I'm going to let you go down that road or someone else go down why that you, road. Go um, I'm going to take the easy <laughs> half of that question. No. Um, a lot of times, you know, for women, it, there are different triggers and what puts women in the mood versus men in the mood. And men don't understand it, and women don't understand the men because we are not physically wired the same way. For a woman, it's not always the things that happen in the bedroom, but it's what happens outside the bedroom before you get to that point. Yeah. Are you kind to me? Do you help me? Do you show love to me? Do you respect me? Or do I feel like you're just trying to drag me into the bed to please yourself? And that is a huge line there. So those are questions I always ask. Why is this happening? You know, why is she never in the mood? You know, it's usually a whole other set of issues. And it's not, you know, for men, it's like, you took your clothes off. I'm good. Let's go. You know, for women, it's not that. You can stand there naked. But if you've been mean to me and is saying not nice things to me all day or I'm busy, I'm exhausted by the time I hit the bed. I need help or whatever, you know, so I want to start that. And then um, pornography just never, I'll just say that, and then you can dive into it. Yeah. It was funny. I was counseling uh, a couple one time. This is years ago. And the husband brought up same issue and uh, every time I try to be intimate with you you're you're always too tired you're never in the mood there's always something going on and she said well maybe I wouldn't be so tired and I might have some energy to be in the mood if you'd help me do some dishes or vacuum the floors or put the God blessed kids to bed every once in a while but I want to go get some coffee and I'll be right back and let you guys have a moment but but it's true though Um, women Women, uh, they they operate a different way when it comes to that. They really do. Um, I will read this. First uh, Corinthians seven uh, is a good uh, chapter to go to for this issue. Um, trying to decide how far I want to go into this. Uh, verse two. But since sexual immorality is occurring. 
each man should have sexual relations with his own wife. Let every man say amen to that. Amen. Yes. And each woman with her own husband. Ladies. Yeah. See, men and women are different. So the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife, uh-oh, does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband doesn't have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Mm. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent for a time, so that you can devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. This scenario is happening in this marriage because this verse is not being applied. Now, I'm, I'm reading this like you know everybody does what the Bible says. Um, and that's not always the case. But sex in a marriage, just like any other issue in a marriage, um, is approached from the position of servanthood. The woman to the man, I'll yield to you to serve you even if I'm not feeling it 100. I love you, and because I love you, I'm going to serve you in this way regardless. Um, same way to the man. Usually the men don't have to be persuaded all that much for this, but the end of a hard day's work, she comes at you with that twinkle in her eye, drink a cup of coffee, and serve your wife. Let all the men say, I will serve, I will serve. my wife. My wife. That's what I'm talking about right there. Um, submitting to one another. Um, the point is, and Paul says this, is that so that the door for temptation is not opened up. Yeah. Okay? Uh, there's a lot of women walking around in the world. And there's a lot of smooth-talking men out there in the world. And if you deny your spouse long enough, the devil is going to figure out a way to turn that into an opportunity for temptation that will lead to sin and the destruction of your marriage. There's a lot at stake there. Um, is it okay to check out pornography if that's happening? No. Absolutely not. That's the temptation right there. And the minute you click on that jump... There goes the sin. Yeah. There goes the sin. Well, I wouldn't do anything with any of those women. I'm just watching it for entertainment. But Jesus said, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. It's a pretty high standard right there. Yeah. You know? So you got to be uh, careful with what you put in front of you. No, dude. Uh, don't, don't look at that junk. Okay? Uh, maybe... Do what Pastor Kelly said and figure out what your wife's love language is and love her like Christ loved the church and serve her like Christ served the church. Make her your priority and let her see you pursue God and then you pursue her heart. And I bet you that issue might resolve itself. Mm -hmm. um, well, and for women too, you have to say, you ought to be so glad that your husband wants you, you know, your husband yeah. is coming to you and he wants you, you know, and if you continue to deprive him, then the husband, they are physically, men are physically wired. I mean, we don't have any, I've had conversations with people, you know, and so, and 
women are not physically wired the same way that men are. We do not understand the drive that is inside them. But if you if you educate yourself on this, you will realize that there is there is a physical drive inside of men. And when we do deprive them, it does something to them. And yeah. it is not okay. And you should go, you know what? I may not be in the mood, but my husband wants me. He's looking at me with a desiring eye. You know, I ought to honor that. And that ought to start getting you in the mood too. You know, when you realize that your husband wants you, not somebody else. He's not going after somebody else, you know? Whoever this is that asked that question, I keep coming back. I keep coming back. I want my wife. You know, I yeah. want my wife. You know. Yeah, and I'll say this too. Look, if that's you, if you online and you sent that in, or or here and you sent that in, listen, um, listen. There's there's nothing wrong with getting some counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I'm here. I love you. I'll do whatever I can do. We sit down. We can talk. Um, me and you and your spouse, and we can navigate through this and come out on the other side. Um, you got a church that wants to come alongside you and help you through that. Don't feel like you got to work through that on your own. Um, you got a pastor, you got a leadership team, you got a church that loves you. So we're here for you. I would like to add something to kind of kind of piggybacking on what Pastor Josh just said. Is is sometimes there might be a legitimate reason why your spouse is not wanting to be intimate maybe it's something going on with them and and the thing is is uh especially in this role where you're you're the husband is is you're you're there to cover her too and to to lead her and guide her and 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 stuff like that so it's always a good idea to to first of all try to figure out what that is whether it be counseling or i mean Man, a good a good talk over some dinner can can help clear a lot of things up and yeah. and uh, you know just be honest and open and and listen. Get ready to hear stuff that you don't want to hear because sometimes it may mean that uh, you've changed and you're not the person I want to have sex with anymore. And uh, you have to be ready to hear that and be ready to to change that. Um, I wanted to speak to the porn issue a, a little bit more too because. I think our society has normalized pornography to the point to where, um, I mean, even jokes and stuff like that that are online centers around porn and and stuff like that. And it's so easy to get a hold of um, outside of the the sin aspect of it. I'll just be totally transparent. I had a porn addiction for a long time. Um, and you know, especially when I was younger, when I was, you know, in my, in my early twenties and stuff like that, dude, my hormones were crazy and I was barely saved if, if saved. Um, but, uh, the, the mental stuff that comes along with that, because they don't tell you that. You know, they don't tell you that this can lead to an addiction. They don't tell you that um, that your your mind can actually be transformed. And, and you know, I was reading, um, there's a pastor I follow, and I don't remember his name, but he started a ministry to help men get off porn, and it, it's actually called Triple X Church. And uh, I was listening to a podcast or something, and he said that um, when he was doing research and all this, you'd be amazed how many people, serial killers and, and people that have mental issues and, and stuff like that, that it started with pornography. Yeah. 
And it's amazing because we don't think like that. We think, oh, this is just, you know, a couple of minutes, whatever we need to do, and, and uh, that's it. But that stuff is poison, and it gets inside of you, and it's, you know, it's, it makes you have unrealistic expectations. And, you know, that, that's a big thing with, with men, too, is, you know, Man, those those videos make it seem like women are just walking around like like men, and they're just wired like men, and they're not. Um, women are wired differently. They're 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 different people, and you know you you have to learn that, and and being able to having to change that, it's better just not to ever give into that. And and please hear my heart on that. If that is an issue with you, get help. Help, get help 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 help, help, help. Yeah. because that is not just uh, a little simple uh honest mistake that is not just an innocent little sin that is something that can devastate you it could devastate your marriage and and honestly uh i want to challenge everybody you know to break that cycle too because i know with me i have a i have a son and like you know, I'm I'm scared to death of just how easy it is to get a hold of that stuff, and and uh, so break that cycle and and break it in your own lives. And I believe that if you apply this stuff, you'll you'll see that turn around because there's there's normally a reason. There's very very rarely somebody just says, "Hey, I just don't feel like doing that." Yeah, communication is good. We've got just a few minutes left in the service. Boy, this is going by a little bit fast. Yeah. Um, so let's rapid fire as many I as we can. I just want to add something real oh, fast. Just overall general marriage, a lot of things can be fixed, tied up in a nice, cute little bow with honest conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, early on in our marriage, we listened to this message about expectations uh, for your spouse and for your relationship in general. And there are a lot of unspoken expectations. You expect things out of your spouse that they don't know you're expecting from them and vice versa. They expect things from you that you don't know that they're expecting from you. And it just turns into this whole, well, why didn't you pick up your socks out of the floor? Honest, crazy, simple little thing turns into a big blow up fight. So honest conversations from the get go of what you expect for the person, what you want out of them, what you're looking for in that, and then just praying about it. You made this commitment. God's going to honor it. He's going to be there and he's going to help you get through anything if you put in the time and the commitment as well. Yeah, that's good. All right. What do you do when your spouse doesn't believe in tithing, but you do? Every time I bring it up, we fight. I don't even know if we've got time to dive into that. What have we got? That's a good question. Four, Four minutes-ish. BGMC uh, Sunday said they'll go long. Uh, so we got a few extra this. minutes. They're doing BGMC the other day. Um, That is another big one. These are really good questions. Mm-hmm. When I Great counsel questions. marriage, married people, um, counsel marriages, this is another one that comes up because you have people polar opposite sides of the giving thing and it's creating conflict because you've got a wife that wants to give and a husband that doesn't or a husband that wants to give and a wife that doesn't. Um, What would I do? One, not that you haven't already done this, but you got to do what Pastor Rachel said. 
start having some honest conversation. Usually people don't participate in giving for a few reasons. One, they've never been taught biblically uh, what Scripture says about giving. Um, two, they've seen uh, finances abused by a church and it's given them a bad taste in their mouth about it. Yeah. Um, or three, they've received some incorrect teaching on finances. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got their theology a little bit confused. Um, I was pretty clear on tithing and what we're supposed to do. How you do that with your 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 husband or your wife? Um, you got to have a conversation with them. At the end of the day, it's a spiritual principle. So, um, if you get the opportunity, I would walk them through what the Bible says regarding it, or get them some very good teaching on what the Bible says uh, regarding giving. Um, We did something on giving a few weeks back, but it was a family Sunday, so it was more kid-oriented and geared towards children. Um, But that's something you guys are going to have to talk your way through. Usually it's going to wind up in my office. So let me me just say this. I'm open for conversation. If you guys want to come in, and I will gladly walk you through what the Bible says regarding giving, um, regarding tithing. It existed, listen now, a lot of people think it was a law of Moses thing, but giving and tithing existed before the law of Moses. It was in operation during the law of Moses, for you guys who know what I'm talking about, okay? And it's carried over after the law of Moses into the New Testament church. Jesus even referenced it and endorsed it, okay? So it's not like it's not in the Bible, the Bible's got about 500 verses on faith, about 500 verses on prayer, got over 1,000 verses in the Bible that deals with giving and financing. Uh, finances. It's incredibly important to God because Jesus nailed it out, uh, just made it plain today. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, so our focus is usually tied to our stuff. And when you've got somebody that doesn't want to let go of their stuff, it's usually uh, a spiritual issue or a just I haven't been taught correctly kind of issue. Um, come talk to me. Yeah. Come talk to me. Um, that's probably going to be a tough conversation for you guys to navigate. It's probably a huge power struggle in your household. At the end of the day, you're going to have to ask yourself this. All right, do I want to operate biblically or do I want to do what I want to do? Um, but come talk to me. I'd love to walk you through that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're out of time. Let's do one bonus question. I hope that, I hope that did justice. Didn't have a whole lot of time to, to answer that. Come talk to me and we'll, we'll figure something out. I don't know which one because they're all like really good. They're all pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. I'll let you pick, Pastor Jamie. All right. Give me a second. <laughs> um, da, 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 you want to do one more? Are y'all ready to get out of here? Yeah. Two more? One more? One more? Okay. Um, you people online, you don't have a safe Oh, Lord Jesus. These are really good. Um, we're going to, I think we're going to have to do some of these in a podcast, man. I'll just be honest. Okay, let me do this. Uh, I'll, I'll do this one because this is kind of an issue that was uh, for, for me and uh, I'm curious to hear what y'all have to say about it as well, but not for me when I was growing up. Sorry, I should say that. 
Uh, my wife has children from a previous marriage. She won't let me discipline them because they are not mine. Is this right? Is this right? <laughs> All right. I guess we'll do this five minutes or less. Do it. Get out of here. Let's do it. Um, is it right? Listen, this, this is going to sell me. All right. This is a conversation you have before you say I do. Yes. Yeah. All right. I know you're trying to make it. Is it a, a her fault or his fault? What, what was it, it? It just says, says they are not mine. So it, it husband asking the question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The wife's yeah you you should have nailed that down on the front end. Okay, it's not her fault now because you didn't lay out terms before. So that's a great conversation to have before you say, I do. How is the discipline of our children going to take place? Um, how is the di discipline of these children that you're bringing into this relationship, how is that going to take place? We need to decide what those roles and responsibilities are going to look like. Um, here's the deal. You are her husband. You are the head of that household. When her children are in that household, you are the head of it, scripturally speaking. Listen, biblically, you're okay to bring discipline to that. Um, biblically, she's probably in the wrong to, uh, to say that. Now, you've got the ex-husband or the uh, ex-boyfriend to deal with and all of that stuff, but I get that. Those are conversations that get complicated. I don't want you touching my kids. Those are my kids. I get it. You're the head of your house. They're in your home. Biblically, you have not just the right. Listen, you have the responsibility to bring discipline and correction to those children. And that's probably something that your wife's going to need to grow into and understand. Um, biblically speaking, her, her stance on that would be incorrect. I think, too, like what you said um, on the tithing, sitting down and offering the teaching. Yeah. Here's what the Bible says. Here's how we need to. If you just come in, put your foot down today like a bull and start spanking some kids, you're going to have problems in your house. Yes. You know, yeah. it's going to be a process of teaching. It could have been fixed, like he said, on the front end with some conversation before the marriage happened and you could have made some decisions from there but if yeah. you come in like a bull just i'm the man i'm the head of the house you're gonna have issues and she's gonna buck up to you yes she does need to fall under that when she married you she married you with all of her kids and everything if she did not trust you with her kids she should not have married you but the marriage happened so taking the teaching now and instructing her in a loving way yeah. and showing her this is how and if you're making mistakes along the way say you know what i've realized let's work on getting this marriage lined up with god okay yeah. let's take this one step at a time i think in order for the kids to show me you know see the respect you know you have for me and all that i need to be able to help in this process yeah. i want to help you in this process do it in a loving way and teaching and not just coming in guns blazing you know I'll put a I'll put a quick little period on this. Um, also, another good conversation. Obviously, since you are already married and uh, going through this, sit down and find out what get on the same page for discipline. Um, that's one of the things that me and Rachel did when we had kids because um, you know you might be surprised what your idea of discipline is you know, um, and, and stuff like that. And also you got to look at the kid, you got the kid to, to bear. I can't get on to, to Judah the same way I get on to Lila. Um, because they take it different. They accept it different. Um, and so get on the same page about that as well, because, you know, a, a lot of the times, uh, 
you run into, and this was what was personally with me, is when I was growing up, I had a stepdad, uh, and when he would discipline me, it was the same issue. My parent, they, they'd end up getting in a fight, and um, it turns out the kid was a butthead. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so, um, you know, but at the same time, it, wa it wasn't the discipline aspect, it was how it was done. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of the times you can, you can fix a lot of that too, because, you know, um, at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta know your family, you gotta lead your family. And I, yep. I implore you too, to get to know how that works and, and stuff like that as well. And, and hear all sides of that, because a lot of the times you'll find that it's not, uh, you can't discipline them because they're my kids. You'll find, I don't want you to discipline them like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, good. um, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're the man. I've, I've had a conversation with Rachel before where I'm like, listen, I'm going to do this because I know my kid and my kid is just like me and I'm going to do this. And, uh, you know, at the end, at the, at the end of the day, the, um, you know, you're, you're the man, but uh, definitely take the time to figure out what's best and, and, and pray through that. But listen to me, don't hands off. Because I was a youth pastor, and when kids don't have their dad, it comes up yeah. later on in life. Yeah. Don't hands off with that kid, and don't hands off with, with your wife. You need to work through that and find a plan that will work, because those kids need you. Yeah. yeah. And I'll yep. just add really fast, there's probably an underlying issue there. And it what may the not end? even be discipline altogether. She's brought something in from that other yeah. relationship. that, and, and if you can get to the root of that, it'll probably fix this. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Good stuff today? Yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of great questions. Oh, my goodness. There's a bunch. I wish. Yeah. There's God for that. I wish we had another hour to keep going, but. I want to keep y'all here. Yeah, Dale, you like Pastor Jeremy's idea of maybe us putting together a little podcast and addressing the rest of these? Okay. We'll get together and, I guess, try to make that happen uh, pretty soon. We'll let you guys know when it's out there. A lot of great questions came in, though. Listen, um, at the end of the day, I want you to know there's a lot of questions coming in. Um, we have a saying here at this church. At Eastgate, no one walks alone. No one walks alone. So... Don't feel like you have to navigate through these issues in your marriage or your relationships by yourself. Okay? God gives us each other to bear one another's burdens, to lift each other up in prayer, to spur one another on, to give, you know, to, to works of service. Um, I'm here as your pastor to help you any way that I possibly can. I want your marriage to succeed. I want your relationships to succeed, and I believe that they can if we do them God's way. So we'll get together and, and we'll put together a podcast on that, though. Let's all stand as we get ready to close service today. Everyone watching online, hope it's been good for you today. A lot of great, a lot of good questions that came in. I can't wait to see the rest of them that came in. Father, thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you for the wisdom that your word gives. God, I thank you that we don't face any situation, we don't face any problem that isn't addressed in your word somehow or some way. God, thank you for caring enough about us to give us the solutions to our problems before we even come to our problems. Thank you for that. 
Lord, I just thank you for every question that was asked today. Lord, I just pray that in the people's hearts that those issues are resolved, Father. And if they need to go another step and have conversations with me or with any of the staff, God, I pray that they would take that step and do it because we're here to help. Father, we just give you glory and we give you praise for what you've done today and for what you're doing in our church. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. 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 All right. Love you guys so much. We'll see you next week. We've got a new service starting. It's going to be awesome. You don't want to miss it. Love you guys online. We'll see you next week. God bless.